Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. Special guest today is Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton. He is our legal, not a counsel, but he's my advisor anytime I need to know something about the law. So, Garrett, how do you protect people from being losers? Well, we do have a legal system that goes after losers but allows us to protect ourselves from those who would try and take things from us. Uh, You use uh, LLCs, corporations, you can go bankrupt if your uh, assets are, are being challenged and people are coming after you. Uh, the- I'm glad you brought that up because we're in an election time, you know, and my friend Donald is running for office. And, you know, the little peasants out there, they go after him. Oh, didn't you declare bankruptcy? Didn't you declare bankruptcy? And, to, and you know, Donald goes, well, yeah, I did. You know, what's the big deal? And the reason I, I use Mr. Trump, as an example, for the little guy, they think that's a horrible thing. Oh, you're a loser because you went bankrupt. And Donald looks out there and goes, you got to be kidding me. It's a legal maneuver. Is that correct, Garrett? That's absolutely correct. You can not only go uh, bankrupt as an individual, but you can go bankrupt as a business. And that's what, so- uh, that is what he's not saying, because the average person out, you know, the person, a lot of you listening out here, you say, well, you know, I don't have to worry about that, you know. But for, for the average person, going bankrupt is a personal bankruptcy. It means you got cleaned out. Whereas for entrepreneurs and real business people, it's their business that goes bankrupt. You know, for example, due to Garrett's help, I have 27 businesses. And so one can go bankrupt, but it doesn't mean everything goes bankrupt. I'm personally protected. Is that correct, Garrett? Absolutely. And if one business is challenged, the other ones are segregated and protected. So you can go bankrupt in one company and not have it affect your other businesses. And the reason it's important, let's say you you're, you know you you have a, you have a job you're making fifty thousand dollars a year. Should you be listening to this program? You have a house and a car and all this. I mean, well, I don't, I'm not a rich guy. I don't need that stuff. I mean, should you, should they be listening? I think so. I think people need to understand how they're going to succeed as they grow their estate. Well, can they still get sued if they have very little? Well, you can get sued in a car accident or whatever. If you don't have much, if you're relying on insurance, you're probably okay. You can't get blood out of a turnip. But if you have assets, then you really need to pay attention to what we're talking about today, Robert. So for anybody listening to this program, even if they have nothing, but they're planning on having something, they should listen. Is that correct? That's correct. And explain why. What, what from a legal uh, point of view... What do you see happening for the average guy right now, a couple or family, 
And they said, you know, you know, someday I'll have some stocks and someday I'll buy a couple of rental properties and maybe I'll start my own business. What would you say to them? I would say that you need to think about protecting your assets right at the start. Uh, the more you accumulate wealth, the bigger a target you are, the more people are going to try and sue you. So you need to have that protection today. Because what happens, Robert, and you've seen it, people will get the assets and they'll buy a duplex and a fourplex and they'll have it in their individual name and they'll forget to protect it. You know, life goes on, it's in their individual name. Then when they have 20 properties, they get sued and they lose everything. Well, you don't even need that much. You just, you know, I mean, today it's so litigious. I mean, people are so desperate, you know, the you know, the way people get rich is either get hit by a car or sue somebody. You know what I mean? Well, it's a litigation lottery out there. People have been conditioned to realize that if they, they can make a big score, if they can find an attorney to sue someone over an, a, a real or imagined accident. So as far as Mr. Trump goes, he had a company. He had four companies that went bankrupt, but he's personally well off, right? Correct. And I, I'm looking at this Forbes article about uh, uh, Trump and his bankruptcies, and Trump put out a tweet that says, stop saying I went bankrupt. I never went bankrupt, but like many great business people, have used the laws to corporate advantage. Smart. So, well, the average guy on the street has no idea what he means, right? Correct. And so it, can you dumb it down for a guy like me? Well, that's a tall order, Robert. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, we can uh, put it this way. There are two ways for going bankruptcy. Personal, where your personal assets... And that's what uh, happens to the average person with nothing, right? They just go personally bankrupt. Right. I, I, or you, you, ever, you, ever read story, you ever read stories of people going bankrupt for 2000 bucks? No. I, I have. They just declare. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. Right. There was a person in Phoenix who thought it was good advice. You know, they didn't want to pay off their bills, so they BK'd at 2000 bucks in credit card bills. Right, and then you've got that on your credit score for seven years. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. The average person doesn't know. It's it's really terrible to go personal. Right. And Donald hasn't gone personal. He never has. Yes. Now, like he says, using the, the laws to your advantage, that is a smart strategy, and business owners do this all the time. Macy's went bankrupt. A lot of big companies Henry Ford went bankrupt. bankrupt four times. Right. It's not unusual for entrepreneurs to go bankrupt, but that doesn't mean they went personally bankrupt. Their business went bankrupt. So how, what would you advise somebody that's sitting there with nothing right now? They're planning on, let's say, starting a business on the side. Um, they're going to buy some property, and they want to have money in the bank. They might buy a vacation house, three cars, and some stocks. Okay. First, I would have an umbrella in policy of insurance to protect you against a catastrophic claim. You know, you can get an extra million dollars of umbrella coverage for 400 a year. If you're going to start a business, you're going to buy, invest in real estate, you're going to use LLCs and corporations to protect yourself. Uh, if you get sued in your business, the business itself can go bankrupt without you having to go personally bankrupt. That's how the laws work. So the average person doesn't understand that, do they? No, they don't teach this, as we've discussed. And, and that's why I recommend you call Garrett or get his book. It's, the book is called Start Your Own Corporation, because there's no sense getting rich if you're going to lose it in the end, right, Garrett? Absolutely. Why let people take all your hard work from you? And it's very easy to set up these entities and protect yourself. So um, the other thing I want to say is this, is that most people... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm talking to myself right now, but the person that sues me are my partners. You ever see that? I see it all the time. And so you go, oh, he's my friend. We've been friends. Went to college together. Went to high school together. You know, we we're, uh, we played touch football together. So I think we've become business partners. So what happens? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's akin to a marriage. When you go into a partnership with someone, you you are entering into the same type of relationship as a marriage. And as we know, marriages go bad and businesses go bad. Yeah. So you have to be ready for that. What happened to me with my last partner without mentioning names? What do, what do you think? What bad advice did I have? I think at the start, before I got involved, you, you had uh, a situation where people came in uh, and took a piece of your business. Wait, I, I hired an attorney first, right? Yeah. Like I'm supposed to do. And, right. And then what happened? Well, uh, you had a partner in the business, and it, it didn't work out. And she was married to the attorney. Yeah. So I'm just being full disclosure, you guys. I'm giving you the most painful lessons because I've done this three times in my business career. And every time I get smarter, but so does the other person get smarter. So that's why all I'm saying to you is this. Please contact a person like Garrett. Another lesson I learned is I want to have an attorney who's on my side, not on my partner's side. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, Robert. And when you form a business, you may have an attorney that represents the business. You think that the attorney represents you as an investor in the business, but when the comp- when the attorney forms the company, his job is to represent the business, not you. And so understand that dynamic going in. Right. The most important point I want to get you, let you guys listen here cuz you may say, "Well, I, you know, I don't I don't need to." Most of us are not attorneys. And the lesson here is this. Today, I have about four attorneys, one attorney watching the other attorney, because it's the kind of world we live in. Would you, I mean, that's a little excessive, but as my wealth increases, I need more protection. Is that correct? Correct. And as, as your wealth increases, you may need a trust attorney, a business attorney, a litigation attorney. Personal attorney. So, yeah. I mean, people who specialize in, in various facets. Um, at the start, though, Robert, you don't want a family law attorney, for example, giving you business advice. Uh, you you want to go to a business law attorney uh, at the start when you're getting with, started with entities and all. Is there a category called business law attorney? Uh-huh. Okay. So everybody listening up on this because we're going to get into when we come back. We're going to be talking about this. If you have nothing, who cares? You know, nobody's going to sue you. But if you have any plans of becoming richer or starting a business or buying property and all this, you've really got to know about this before you start. Because as Garrett taught me, you know, you cannot buy car insurance after the wreck. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And you cannot, you cannot protect yourself after you've been sued or you're in legal trouble. Is that correct? Yeah, it's called a uh, fraudulent conveyance. If you try and transfer assets after you've been sued, you get in even more trouble. Right. So the thing to do is to protect yourself right at the start. And because you don't want to be a loser. So when we come back, we'll be going into more detail on this. But even if you're not an attorney and you don't want to be an attorney, I would suggest you have an attorney. At minimum, somebody you can talk to, somebody who is not as interested in you you know, or your business, somebody who is aloof, somebody who is independent of you. And from there, they'll guide you to the proper attorneys and all this. 
because today we're living in a very, very dangerous world. Garrett Sutton, he's a Rich Dad advisor. He's the author of Start Your Own Corporation, 2012, and the ABCs of Getting Out of Debt, also 2012. His website is sutlaw, S-U-T-L-A-W dot com. And Garrett has been with me for years. If, with not, if not for Garrett, I would have lost everything because he just happened, it's a long story, but he protected me from one of my friends. You know, I saw in the Beatles because I lost someone that's near to me. Well, the guy screwed me. <laughs> and, you know, wives and husbands do the same thing. So that's why I want you to pay attention to this program because if you're out there working hard and you're going into business with friends or family or getting married and all this, it's a different world, sweetheart, you know. People used to like each other before. Now they sue each other. Any comments there, Mr. Garrett? It is true, Robert. The, uh, the amount of litigation in our country is increasing almost exponentially. It's uh, quite shocking. And it's also spreading to other countries. Oh, it's all over the world. Sweden, Sweden oh. they, have, they call it the American disease, yeah. uh, the amount of litigation. So anyway, we just want you to pay attention if, because you, you must know this stuff or you should know this stuff. Prior to starting a business, prior to buying real estate, prior to deciding to get rich and build a nest egg. So our guest today is Marcus Turner, and Marcus Turner is the current president and CEO of Enola Labs. I'm glad it's not Ebola Labs, but it's Enola Labs. <laughs> and he's located in one of the best cities in America, Austin, Texas. He's a software design company that creates digital products for the mobile, for mobile and the web. And his website is enolalabs.com. So Marcus is going to tell you a story of going into business with a friend and how expensive, expensive it was. And it's not this company. It's his previous company. So welcome to the program, Marcus. Well, thank you for having me, Robert. So tell us that horrifying story. We love to hear horror stories. <laughs> They're tired of well, hearing I mine. Yeah, I think the, the important thing, what you stated, is that everything that you do, uh, you should uh, design with the end in mind. It's something that we didn't do. It's, uh, we had an opportunity. We were excited to get into mobile, and so we started a company. Uh, it was 50-50. Um, was, it, was, was, was it a friend or somebody? Somebody? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a friend and somebody that I've known through uh, entrepreneurs organization for about seven years, so I thought I knew. Uh, about his business ethic. Seven years you knew the guy? Yep. Was he a nice person? Very nice person. Was he friendly? Very friendly. Okay, so you can't tell, can you? Well, you know, it's, it's everything you do. Uh, you know, I think uh, my wife would have, uh, you know, my wife's the boss and would have stopped me if I made her sign a prenup, but everything else, <laughs> uh, definitely, uh, the value of my wife is much uh, higher than the value of the prenup, but Every time you step into business, you should always uh, have everything well documented. So what happened? Uh, we started the company 50-50 with the intention of being, you know, we put together the paperwork. We had a lawyer draw it up, we reviewed it, and agreed upon it. A lawyer uh, drew, drew it up? Oh, of course. Okay, good. Um, uh, and so a couple months later, we decided uh, to maybe venture into some state and federal business. So uh, we modified the contract. Uh, to be a fifty-one forty-nine. Why'd you uh, Why'd you do that? Um, uh, just because we had an opportunity with me not being the majority partner uh, to be uh, a historically underutilized business. So you shifted from fifty-fifty, 
you took 49, he took 51. Yes, sir. Okay, so Garrett, what do you have to say about that? Well, uh, these are these government programs where there are preferences for women-owned businesses and minority-owned businesses. Marcus, I take it your friend was uh, fit within one of the minority, minority categories? Yes, he would be classified as a minority by our government. Okay. Are you, are, are you, are you not a minority, Marcus? No, I'm, um, uh, I am a minority. I'm uh, a white, Asian male. A white male. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd just bring that up. <laughs> okay, so you, 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 you went down from 50 to 49. He went to 51. Then what happened? Yes, sir. And then, you know, uh, as we're growing the company, we uh, started to shift in mindset, and we started doing business with this other company, and I knew to go into it, get a master service agreement, get a statement of work, make sure that we're fully aligned on everything. And after about 20 times uh, asking and not getting it, uh, we just went ahead and did the work. That work went sour, uh, so sour, it soured the entire company. And then I realized the mistakes that I made in not um, adjusting our uh, partnership agreements and our corporate uh, or our LLC bylaws uh, to not allow the majority partner to have, you know, basically decision authority in the company that I built. So, so Garrett, can, Garrett, can you interpret that? Because I'm having a hard time understanding it. Yeah. Uh, so he gave up that 1% so that they could get these govern, government preference contracts and by doing that, he lost control of the company. You could have done some paperwork that would have said that it's really 50-50. Another way you could have gone is have your friend, the minority, be the 50% owner and your wife the, be the 50% female owner. Then you're 100% preference. Uh, but by going 51-49, it sounds, Marcus, like your partner thought, well, I'm in charge of the company now. And Marcus, can- is that what happened? Exactly. And when you talk about values, can you, without disclosing too much or being as vague as possible, what were the value differences? You know, I worked about 80 hours a week. Um, I, uh, my dad uh, was always, you know, the best thing that he ever taught me was to be the first one to pick up the board and the last one to let it go. I'm an extremely hard worker, and um, my partner put in about 10, 10 hours a week into the company. And so, there's, you know, whether that's, you know, something that you address up front or whether that's something that continues, there's some animosity that you know whether it's there or not kind of grows in it it's like hey i'm doing all the work let me do let me make all the decisions sounds like my marriage Uh, but anyway (laughs) (laughs) i'm mine too except for i'm i'm the 10 percent partner in my marriage i drive every day to uh you know einstein said it best he said uh that they decided when they got married uh that he would make all the big decisions and his wife would make all the small decisions but in uh 50 years of marriage they never had a big decision (laughs) <laughs> so, so anyway, we're talking today to Garrett Sutton, Rich Dad Advisor, author of Start Your Own Corporation, and it's about protecting your assets before you have assets, because if you have assets and you get sued, you're going to lose them all. And also Marcus Turner, who is, he has an article called Five Lessons Every Entrepreneur Should Know Before You Become an Entrepreneur, almost. But it's really hard to learn these lessons until you're thick of it. Would you say that's true, Garrett? Absolutely. Some of the best uh, lessons are learned in that first venture, and you've been through the hard knocks. And that's why in Silicon Valley, in Austin, and other places, people encourage you to fail fast, learn the lessons, and then move forward. Yeah. 
you know, everybody has a different point of view. In my company, the Rich Dad Company, I knew I was in trouble when my partner wanted to buy mutual funds. And I said, holy mackerel, I should have asked that question earlier. So anyway, what else happened there, Marcus? So as the company um, started to break apart because um, of bills uh, owed by the other company, um, we started to have a lot of uh, differences, uh, went into litigation, and I found in litigation that I had no say in the business. And one of the reasons I, I published the article, I didn't publish it like uh, some of the comments said out of animosity. I just, I honestly published it to say, you know, hey, be protected. Protect yourself when you go into any business. Uh, make sure that you're aligned on values. Make sure that you're aligned and, you know, basically have everything in writing. That- I, I want to ask one question, Marcus. On the preferences, did you get any business from the government because you were a minority-owned business? Actually, no, and we actually uh, – I, I started the company with him because he's one of the more connected people I know in the world, and I thought he would generate about uh, 50% of the business, but I ended up generating about 95 of it. It's a pretty common well, story, isn't it, Garrett? It is, and that's what I wanted to mention, Marcus, is I have clients that come to me, and they want to have their wife be the 51% owner to get the, the woman designation. And what happens is not only do they not get any government work out of this, but <laughs> – then the husband loses control of the company in kind of the same situation you had. So I'd much rather have it be 50-50 and not even do these government preference uh, shenanigans. Wow. And I would, I would actually strongly agree with you. It's, it's kind of shenanigans. Um, you know, you're right. I could have had my wife own the company. You know, we're married, so she owns everything anyway. But I didn't, and, you know, that was just one of the things that I was trying to express is, you know, before you give up control, make sure you really understand what you're giving up. So you have five lessons every entrepreneur should know. And lesson number one is be cautious of all terms within the partnership agreement or company bylaws. What is it? How would you do that? You know, really, um, uh, while every company, uh, you know, that uh, entrepreneurs that starts well, um, uh, starts with a corporate lawyer or an LLC lawyer, you should really also have your own personal lawyer take a look at it uh, who's not just protecting the, the company but is protecting, you know, the sole interest of yourself. Any comments, Garrett? That's what we said in the first segment. <laughs> exactly right. i have Marcus. one attorney watch the other attorney. So I, I have personal attorneys and corporate attorneys and another attorney watching the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> The Bar Association loves you, Robert. Well, you know, Donald said it the other night on television. He said, look, every contract has a hole in it. And what I'm going to do, the first thing with this this Iran uh, nuclear deal, he's going to tear that contract apart and find a hole in it. So what do you think, Garrett? I think there's plenty of holes in that. And uh, I encourage uh, someone in our government to find them. Okay, Marcus, I want to thank you for your time, but any final words to people? I appreciate what you're doing because, you know, my hard part about it is, is you know, people are people. You know, that's like you meet you meet the woman or guy of your dreams and you think they're a prince or a princess charming, and then they turn out to be the wicked witch or the dungeon, you know, the dungeon dragon guy. I mean, how do you know bef- until you get married or until you get into business, Right. Exactly. And, you know, my only uh, lesson that I learned, which is one of the reasons I published the article, is, you know, build everything uh, with the end in mind, both a positive outcome and a negative outcome. And no matter what the outcome is, uh, you've already planned for it and designed for it. And so 
there, there can never be enough uh, lawyers. Uh, contracts, you know, clients are not, you know, a client that won't sign a contract or doesn't want to go to the time to sign a contract, not a client who wants to have. Right. So in a marriage, that would be a prenup. In case it goes bad, we're, this is how we're going to split up. Exactly. Okay. Well, Marcus, I thank you very much for your time. Again, his, his website is enolalabs.com. Could you plug your business really quick? What are you guys doing? Uh, we do innovation uh, from mid-tier companies to Fortune 500 companies. We uh, do everything from hardware to software. We do a lot of app development and a lot of enterprise integration. Keep up the good work, and thank you for writing your article. Thanks for being on the program. All right. Thank you for your time, and uh, I enjoy the things you do with your show and your uh, <laughs> YouTube channel. Well, thank you. Life's a harsh teacher, isn't it? But a few years ago, not that long ago, Garrett says, hey, I'm going to set up a Wyoming corporation. I said, well, where's Wyoming, you know? <laughs> and uh, so he did because I, I, I have so many different entities and businesses and business ventures. So he, put, he says, we're going to put this thing in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and he put it there. How much did that little um, thing cost me, that entity? Just over $600. Okay. Now, if you hadn't have done that, I would have lost everything, right? You would have lost a lot. I would have lost personally. Right. So for 600 bucks, this is why, you know, I bring Garrett on. I talk to you right now. He said, oh, I'll do it someday and all this. When the lawsuit hit, it came so fast. It came out of nowhere. I mean, I didn't even expect it. I mean, I didn't think I did anything wrong. So that's why I want you to talk to Garrett Sutton. He's a Rich Dad advisor. He's the author of Start Your Own Corporation 2012. And his website is sutlaw, S-U-T-L-A-W dot com. And how much do most entities or protection, asset protection vehicles cost? Well, it's it's right around uh, the $600 range. Uh, if you mention Rich Dad, you get a discount. So uh, it's not a very expensive proposition. And the most important thing is they have professional legal advice behind of it, right? Right. So you're dealing with uh, my firm, which is a law firm, and our staff of paralegals assists in the formation every step of the way. So there's a lot of people out there selling uh, Garrett's type of advice. And Garrett and I go to seminars and we teach and all this stuff. And there's some really bad advice out there, isn't there, from other lawyers? Boy, Robert, you can't believe how bad the advice is out there. One of the one of the things you rail, I'm, a, I'm not an attorney, I'm an idiot, you know, but that's why I hang out with Garrett. One day we were at this event and this guy stood up there, an attorney, and he was selling these average people like me, you know, who are really not lawyers, he was selling a thing called a land trust. What's wrong with a land trust? I mean, why did you go so nuts? Well, the land trust offers zero asset protection, all right? So you hold a duplex in a land trust, a tenant sues, they can go right after you as the owner of the land trust. Unlike an LLC, they offer no asset protection, and yet these promoters get up on stage and present it as if they're a great asset protection vehicle. It just drives me crazy, Robert. Why do they, uh, why do they promote something that doesn't work? Uh, because they don't care about what, the, what happens to the client. They just want your money. They want to sell you a kit of forms that really don't do the job. And there's no one out, out there <laughs> regulating these people. So it's so a do it, uh, do-it-yourself attorney? Yeah. <laughs> You know, let's, let's do brain surgery on ourselves. Uh, let's just buy a box of forms. We can do brain surgery or a land trust. Jeez. What, what other things are not so good out there? Well, a lot of people sell the family limited partnership. And again, it's a box of forms. 
they don't tell you how to set it up. They just give you these forms, and they will have you be the individual general partner, which doesn't give you any asset protection. You're exposed just like in a land trust. So you've just got to you got to engage in critical thinking on these types of things. So yeah, and, and that's what you went to law school and you have a practice for, right? Right. That's why you get the big bucks, six hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I get the big bucks by helping people do it the right way. Right, and you do all the paperwork for me, don't you? Yeah. Jeez, what a deal! And then we maintain them and make sure that you're current year after year. And the reason I brought the story up, if Garrett, you know, I have, I have a lot of these things, and Garrett just says, well, "Let's do one more in Wyoming." Had he not done that, this guy would have pierced everything and got me. And I'll have lost millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. So that's why we started this program talking about Donald Trump. He has declared corporate bankruptcy. He's never declared personal bankruptcy. And the average person out there who's uneducated, they think bankruptcy is bad because it's personal. You lose everything. Is that correct, Garrett? Right. On the other hand, business bankruptcy is a strategy. It's a business tool that people use to advance their business goals. Right. That's as, as, as like a dog chewing off its leg with a coyote chewing off its leg so it can keep going, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. You know, sometimes you have to take a step back to take two forward, and that's what a corporate bankruptcy will do for you. Yeah. So what are some of the new laws coming out, things that we should, all should pay attention to? Well, Robert, there's one trend across the country, and that is against the single-member LLC. We like the LLC because it gives us protection, but some courts are now saying if you're a single member, meaning a one-owner LLC, we're not going to give you the asset protection. The, the idea of the charging order is to protect the innocent partner. You have two partners, Joe and Mary. They each own 50% of an LLC. Joe gets sued. It's not fair to marry the innocent partner to let Joe's creditor go in and force a sale of the asset. So we want to have that second member, that Mary, who is protected. In a single-member LLC, there's just Joe. There's only one guy. And the courts are saying, there's no Mary. There's no innocent partner. We're going to allow the person in the car wreck to get inside the LLC and force a sale of the assets. So it's important to understand that this is a trend across the country. So do and, I, wait, is, are my LLC single or dual? Well, yours are dual. Okay. So yeah. that, that's to protect Kim or Kim to protect, protect me. Right. And so if you have a single-member LLC, you could simply change the ownership to bring in a 5% member. That's all you need to bring in. You don't have to go up to 50%. You bring in a 5% member. That could be your children. It could be a gift to minors children trust. It could be husband and wife as separate taxpayers, 50-50. But the trend these days is to have two members in your LLC. And if you don't have it, they're going to say it's kind of a sham sham thing. It's not real. No, they won't say it's real. The courts in certain states, New York, California, Utah, Georgia, the, some of the states that are really not very good uh, protective states, are going to say we're not going to protect a single-member LLC, uh, Florida as well. So I think the better practice is just have two members. So the final question for you is, this is pretty much true all over the world, isn't it? Yeah. These, these, because Gar uh, Garrett and I travel all over the world, and he talks to people, well, that applies only to America, and Garrett will bring up, a let's say, a German attorney, 
and he'll say, no, what Garrett is saying is true for Germany, too, right? Absolutely. In fact, our LLC laws are based on German law. Oh, that's why. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of commonality between the countries. Right. And a lot of law is English law, right? Yeah. Our law is predominantly English law. So all you in Singapore and South Africa and all that, it applies. Yeah. We're all descended from the common law of England. Right. Most, most, most countries are. And are there tax advantages also? Sure. Every country offers tax advantages for the use of certain entities. So that's why, for all of you listening right now, please get Garrett's book. It's called Start Your Own Corporation. So with that, I thank Garrett for sticking around. Once again, Garrett is Rich Dad Advisor. He's the author of Rich Dad Advisor series books, Start Your Own Corporation. Please get it. It might make you a fortune, but also save you a fortune. You can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. So, Melissa, what's the first question? Robert, our first question today comes from Brian in Coppell, Texas. Favorite book, Unfair Advantage. He says, as a first-time entrepreneur, what team members do I need before launching a business? Do I need a tax expert? Do I need a lawyer? Well, Those are fantastic questions. So I'll start with Garrett. What would you say? Obviously well, a lawyer, right, Garrett? <laughs> I think he named the two that you need as a lawyer and a CPA. Yeah, and there's uh, one person I would add on top of that is a bookkeeper because you want to keep accurate right. records. Your, right. your, if your records are bad, it's going to cost you twice as much because somebody has to go forensically, which means they have to dig through the mess to put the pieces together. So a bookkeeper might cost you 20 bucks an hour or something. So you've got to have that, plus an attorney, plus an accountant, right? Right. On the bookkeeping, Robert, you raise a really good point, and that is if you don't pay the payroll taxes on time, there's some significant penalties. So you want to have someone on top of that for you. Right, and what a lot of times people do is they keep all their records in a shoebox, and then they wonder why they're in trouble. So a bookkeeper is actually absolutely priceless, probably more important than an attorney and an accountant. <laughs> At the start, yeah. But you want to set up that entity right, so I would encourage you to talk to a lawyer too. Right, and and I would, I would check in with Garrett first because, like I, we talked about, there's a lot of attorneys out there and accountants really giving what I consider bad advice. So be very careful. It's like before you get married, you kiss a few frogs, you know, so you find the one you want. Okay? That's a great question, though. Melissa, what's the next question? Our next question comes from Brittany in Tampa, Florida. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She says, Robert, what do you think about virtual experts like LegalZoom.com instead of actually hiring a lawyer? Does it make financial sense to use these services? I don't know. Garrett, what do you think? I think there's a great risk in using some of these online services. For example... If you're going to invest in real estate and you hear that you should use a C-Corp, you're going to pay a huge amount in tax when you sell that real estate if it's held in a C-Corp. You won't get the personalized advice you need by using one of these online services. So I always encourage people to talk to an attorney. It's not that expensive. I mean, we get on the phone, and in half an hour, it's $175, and you get all the answers. So it's not expensive to talk to an attorney to get the right entity at the start because the consequences of the wrong entity down the line are significant. Well, there's another point to this is you want both an accountant and an attorney. In other words, the lesson I learned the hard way is you don't want accountants being attorneys and attorneys being accountants. And it's pretty prevalent. I meet so many accountants who are giving me legal advice, and I meet attorneys who are giving me accounting advice. So we started this first question. The first question, what's the minimum? Bookkeeper, attorney, accountant, and you ask all three because they're all going to three going to give you kind of a different answer. 
and it's up to you to make your own decision from there. Correct, Eric? Robert, Robert, I tell the uh, story in the class that CPA stands for cannot protect assets. So <laughs> do not take asset protection advice from an attorney. and don't, uh, I mean, from an accountant. Don't ask me as an attorney to file your taxes. Use, use your team together. Or don't use uh, legal advice to, for tax advice because they're really I, different. I went to these, um, I'll mention the name because they're out of business, Arthur Anderson Accountants. And I sat down, and these guys are supposed to be the best in the world. They were dumb. Yeah. I mean, I could not believe how stupid they were. Right. And yet they're supposed to be the best in the world. And the only reason I know as much as I do is because I've always had an accountant and an, and an attorney and a bookkeeper, CYA, and covering my butt and educating me as I went. So by the time Kim and I had a lot of money and our former partner took us to the big eight accounting firm and I sat down there and I realized I knew more about taxes than these guys. What they said to me, I couldn't believe it. They said, sell all your real estate. And it was millions of dollars and put the millions into a 401k with mutual funds. I went, you gotta be kidding. I thought they were joking and they weren't joking. These guys were morons. So I want to tell you something. You have got to get smarter to protect yourself from people out there I don't care what school they went to. I don't care what you know alphabets they have after them. You have got to be smarter because there's a lot of bad advice out there. Correct, Garrett? Absolutely, and it gets back to critical thinking. You have to judge for yourself whether this person is right for you. Robert knew enough to know that the Arthur Anderson guys didn't know what they were talking about. You may not have that sense, but go you know go home and inter- interview a few people, and and feel understand who you're comfortable with. And, and go with that person. Ask for referrals. Just because they have the biggest name on the door doesn't necessarily mean they're the best provider of services. Yeah, I've had so many, so much bad advice from expensive advice. Right. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Sheila in Phoenix, Arizona. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She says, I've had a sales job for the past five years, and my company required that I sign a non-compete. I now have a great opportunity with a competitor. Do I have any recourse? Can I get out of this some way? Are these even legal today? That's a great question. The, the question is, why did you sign it in the first place is one question. And I'm not, again, I'll say this much. Don't ask an idiot for legal advice. And I'm the idiot, so I don't know. And that's why I'm really glad Garrett stayed on so he can answer that question. What's your answer to that, Garrett? Well, Robert, each state has a different rule on non-compete agreements. California does not enforce them. They don't want people sitting on the sidelines not working. Arizona is a little different. Arizona can strike down a non-compete agreement if it's unreasonable. Uh, If there are provisions in it that are unreasonable, they can strike those out. So you may, there there could be a way to get out. Uh, I would not, if they're asking you to sign it now and you have an agreement with another company, I certainly would not sign it. Uh, If you did sign it, you should get an attorney and see if there's a way out of it. If you're in sales, if you're just doing a, a regular sales job, there's not a need for a non-compete agreement. They shouldn't force you to not work in a sales job for a period of 12 months or more. So you may have grounds to get out of it. Well, let me ask another question. Let's say, you know, Garrett, I'm the employer, right? And right. she's my employee. She has now signed a non-compete. What would I be afraid of? And if she can't, you know, as a... What is, what is the employer afraid of? Is she going to come and say, I'll sue you? Or what, what, what recourse does she have? Well, 
the employer is not really at risk here except for the attorney's fees to fight whether the non-compete should be voided or not. I, I don't think the, in, the employer would be subject to penalties or any sort of uh, damages uh, unless it was an extreme case. So the employer doesn't have much risk in having these agreements signed. Right. So there's not much legal risk, but he, he'd have right. an unhappy employee, right? Yeah. And so that's, that's why I'm looking at the employer has a lot to lose, even if not legally. Well, the employer may have some to lose. Um, I think the employee, if she did sign the agreement, uh, could talk to them about it, uh, about it or get an attorney to try and strike it down or give notice and, and do another job for a period of time. If it's only three to six months, maybe you can get another uh, different type of job and then go back into sales. But, you know, sales is not really a specialized business. There are no trade secrets to protect there. So I don't think a uh, non-compete agreement would be upheld in that situation. But it'd be too hard to defend and expensive, too, anyway, wouldn't it? It'd be messy. It could be messy. That's that's what I'm getting at. There's a lot. Yeah. Sometimes you got to look at both sides, and your employee doesn't employer doesn't want to get into a fight either. So I think if you negotiate, sit down, say I'm not happy here, I like to move on, and then see what happens. I, al- I always recommend trying to negotiate things before going legal on it. Right, that's what I'm trying to get at. Thank you. Yep. Final question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Paul in Omaha, Nebraska. Favorite book, Rich Dad Guide to Investing. He says, I want to start my own consulting company. What are the first or most important legal documents that I would need to get started? Well, that's a good question. Again, I'll just remind you, never ask an idiot for legal advice, and I'm the idiot. So, Garrett, what would you say? I would say that you would uh, start, as we discussed in the other questions, with an attorney to set up an entity for you. There's risk when you provide consulting services. You could get sued. If you operate as a sole proprietor, uh, someone suing you could reach all of your personal assets. So I'd rather have you operate through an LLC or an S-Corp. I would also get E&O insurance, which stands for errors and omissions, so that if you get sued on a consulting job, you have some sort of insurance to uh, protect you in case that claim goes forward. Anything else? I and mean, that's great advice because um, that E&O, because you will make mistakes and people will come after you. It's like malpractice insurance for doctors, right? Correct. This is good. We have time for one more. That's a great question. I'm learning a lot from this. Again, let me, please let me remind you, don't ask idiots like your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law for legal advice or accounting advice. Always go to professionals. Even if it's bad advice, you've learned something, and then you can ask the next question. The reason I got here so far is I've made so many bad decisions and had bad legal advice, but that's how I got smarter. And that's why Garrett and I have been friends for so many years. I can just call him up and say this, this, this. And we have a relationship, and I trust his advice to me. Next question, Melissa. This question comes from Courtney in Columbus, Ohio. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She says, I'm just getting started with a network marketing company. This will be my first home-based business. My husband said I should talk to an accountant and a lawyer before getting started. Is that really necessary? That's a great question. Uh, Garrett, what do you think? I agree with the husband. Uh, You should talk to an attorney and uh, an accountant. You are starting a business. People do get sued in network marketing situations. Uh, You could have a downline sue the upline for 
promises that were made or understood. So I think you need that protection, even though it's uh, it, it may start out as a part-time business. So, but so, but, uh, but you know, Garrett, this is the other part. Okay, it's a home-based business, and let's say you live in a million-dollar home, is that at risk? It is if you operate as a sole proprietor inside the home and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So those are the, those are the reasons you want to ask questions. And I don't have the answers for them, but Garrett does. Or if you don't like the answer, find another attorney and another accountant, right? <laughs> That's what I don't I've know done. How to answer that one, Robert. <laughs> no, I've done that. I've gone and asked different people, and if I don't like the answer, I just go talk to somebody else. And that's how you learn. I mean, it, it's actually less expensive to do it up front than find out later on, like Garrett knows I've done, that I have the wrong attorney. How expensive, Garrett, would you estimate for me in going bald and losing my hair and ulcers of hiring the bad attorney? Well, Robert, <laughs> I don't know how to calculate that high. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's not measured in money. Yeah. You know, it's not measured in money. I never had ulcers until I realized my attorney wasn't representing me. Does that happen sometimes, Garrett? It does. It, it, there's a tremendous emotional stress uh, from a legal situation that was not could have been handled right at the start right. and was, was not handled properly. And again, Robert, you're absolutely right. It's more than money. It's yeah. your, your health. I had to sit in court and look across at my attorney suing me while I'm suing him. I'll tell you what, sports fans, there is no money in the world that's worth that much. It was horrifying, and we were all friends at one time. Right, Garrett? That's what happens sometimes. Yes, it's not a happy situation. Right. So please understand this. It costs a little bit of money and a little time up front, but I promise you this. The more educated, the more you learn before you start something, the less fewer problems and fewer headaches you'll have at the end of it. So I want to really thank Garrett for his time and his advice, his friendship. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.